This episode of the Good and the Bad and the Geeky podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com forward slash goodbadgeeky. Audible.com. Over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. Warning! The podcast you're about to hear is very filthy. We say naughty words you would use as an adult anyway. It'll cause you not to eat your vegetables and your mom generally thinks it's a bad idea. Any moment of the show that has any similarity to the history of any person living or dead, real or fictional, to real events are entirely unintentional and coincidental. Unless we're specifically noted otherwise in the cast and crew credits, all celebrity voices are impersonated, and news liberty has endorsed any aspect of this show. D4K Studios in Columbus, Ohio. It's the good, the bad, and the geeky. Everyone, welcome out to out. the good, the bad, the geeky. Oh, damn it. Episode Son of a bitch. 173. <laughs> Three, two, one. We're not cutting. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm Nick Nitro, along with me as always. John Mateen. Did you meet? And uh, we... Oh, my God. Did you meet? Is Did you meet? Thing? Shut up, Paul. Did you meet? Did you meet? Did you meet what? Did you meet who? Did you meet where? Mm-hmm. Did you meet when? Did These you meet important. how? Did you meet how? Or why? Uh, why did you meet? Why did you meet? Oh, <laughs> oh man. Well, we got a uh, we got a really awesome show for you today with a very awesome guest, but we have a few things we want to uh, awesome. uh, plug and get out of the way. Um, first off... Uh, TalkSuperstation.com, uh, this is where you're listening to us right now if you're streaming, or uh, every Tuesday at midnight, or that's Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, because yeah. that's important to classify. That's how you look at it. Exactly. So if you, yeah. And then, <laughs> they, they just go, mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, we also need to, uh, I, where's my other notes? Isn't that great? I, I lost my notes. And uh, we got some other really cool things to plug, which is... Uh, R. Our, our, that's right. We have our first ever. What do you mean? What? You said we have a lot of things to pl- pl- plug, yeah. which is plural, but then you said which is. Huh? Which are. There you go. Oh, which are. Whatever. Okay, I'm sorry. I thought, I thought you meant like R O U R. Yeah. Our. 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 Yes. Which what he said. R. R. Okay. A R E. That's what. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anywho. Well, our, we have our. First, there we go. Am I good? Okay, first live show. I just thought we were trying to be pirates. Oh. <laughs> when is Talk Like a Pirate Day? Does anyone know? I don't know. Wasn't it like in February it already? Not? I would think it'd be in March. March. <laughs> our May. We have our first. Why would it be? You're retarded. <laughs> August. We have our first ever live show, the Good, the Bad, and the live and unedited at uh, Pack Rat Comics, Saturday, June 9th at 9 p.m., all the proceeds go to charity, so uh, check out our show notes. There'll be a link where you can buy the tickets there. Uh, there'll be pizza, drinks, prizes. There'll be the three of us. We'll have Jerome Wetzel daily there sort of doing whatever he does, yeah. you know, be gay. And um, 
<laughs> it's September 19th. September 19th. That's an important day. We're it's, plugging that too. National Pirate Day. National Talk Like a Pirate Day. Okay. But um, if you want to uh, check out our check out these great people who are you know letting us use their their uh, art space called the Rogues Gallery, PackRatComics.com. Uh-huh. Also. Uh, uh, the first Saturday in May, which I believe is May 5th or 6th, which is this coming uh, Saturday, is Free Comic Book Day. And that's also when you can meet Ernie Hudson from the Ghostbusters and the Crow. Sweet. Who's that? He's in Three, Ghostbusters and the Crow. Two, one. He's in go- He's the t- Okay. I hate See, to say it like this. See how he explained it? See how he explained it? He's the, the guy from the Ghostbusters. That's why said Ernie Hudson. He's in the Ghostbusters and the Crow. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't tell me who he is. Okay, there's... He's not a main character. Okay, now let, let's look at the Ghostbusters. There are four main Ghostbusters. He is neither of them. <laughs> Good job. He, he's, not mean? He's, not, he's not Bill Murray. He's not Bill Murray. He's not Dan Aykroyd. He's <laughs> not Egon, a.k.a. Harold Ramis. He's not the black guy, is he? <laughs> <laughs> I don't... Is he the black guy? Yes, it's Ernie Hudson's the... He's the token black dude in Ghostbusters. His name is Ernie? Ernie Hudson, yeah. He was in The Crow? Yeah, dude. The dude's honestly been in like yeah. five thousand more things, but like the biggest things you like, you would yeah. go like if you watch a movie with him and you'd be like, oh, it's the it's the dude from Ghostbusters. He's he didn't a, look like an Ernie. So what you saying? John looks like a John, and I look like a Nick, and you look like an eight. A little bit. I think you look like a Nathaniel. Oh, you look like a fucker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nathaniel Fuck and Haley. <laughs> you like more uh, uh, information on Free Comic Book Day with. A meet and greet with Ernie Hudson, star of Ghostbusters. I love this town! And I know. Yes. That's <laughs> uh, at www.packratcomics.com. Very cool. And uh, we've got uh, uh, a very awesome uh, special guest on this week's show. Yes. And uh, I've been a big supporter of Eli Stone mm-hmm. you know, throughout the show's run. We've had Mark Guggenheim who co-created the show. But we've never had any of the stars from Eli Stone. He's also in NBC's Parenthood. He plays this role of Joel, mm-hmm. which is I, – I actually I love everyone in that show. But uh, we have uh, Sam Yeager. And he also went to Otterbein, which is uh, your alma mater, Nathan. It is my alma mater. It is your alma mater. And I remember we, we party even though it, at the time it was a dry campus – we, we we did party hardy there a lot. That we was heartily pretty, partied. We heartily partied. Yes. Uh, we can't... Should, can we say... No, who cares? See, hardly partied? We hardly partied or partly hard... Or heartily. Heartily. We partied heartily. Okay. Heartily. Gotcha. Heartily. 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 Yeah, and he's... Uh, he also, Kittens. Kit, kittens. Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he is... Not only is he in Parenthood, he's also the writer, actor, and director... And I believe producer of the film Take Me Home, which I saw a few months ago at the Arena District here in Columbus, Ohio. It is phenomenal, phenomenal. So I'm going to talk to him about hopefully a little bit of everything. And uh, yeah, so uh, if you like, if you hear anything on tonight's show you want to talk to us about or get a hold of us about, uh, goodbaggeeky at gmail.com or you can uh, 614-364-4088. So uh, anyone, anything else you guys want to say before we... Get over to Sam. Take a break and get over to Sam. No, I'd say we get on the pat. I think we. Yeah, I think we. Yes. All right. Well, we'd be right. We be. They don't want to hear us. We. Yeah. yeah we. We be right back. All right. With Sam Yeager. Wake up. Go to work. Work. Come home. Eat dinner. Rot your brain out. Go to bed. Lather. Rinse. Repeat. 
Are you tired of an old humdrum life? Tired of things that just weigh you down and depress you? Wouldn't you rather just focus on things that are awesome? Tune into Nutty Bites. Find out what's awesome. Nutty Bites. Nimlas.org slash blog. You know a book I just read? What? The Hunger Games. Oh, that movie was oh. fantastic, but uh, I heard the book was way better. Mm, me too. It was fantastic, actually. I, yeah, I just wish I could read it. I don't have time to read it or any book, really. Yeah, well, it's just hard for Nate and I to, to get a book in because it was student teaching and, you know, with my job and everything. I get it, guys. I do. With being married and having a little girl and running a business, I'm busy all the time, too. That is why I listen to audiobooks on my MP3 player. It helps me stay in touch with books I want to read and allows me to fit it in between the rest of my responsibilities. That is why, for some of you listening to the Good, the Bad, and the Geeky podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you a chance to check out their service. Oh, wow. I was able to sign up and get a free copy of a game of thrones do they have like a bossy pants by tina fey you bet your sweet bippy they do awesome so if you'd like to download your free audiobook today go to audibletrial.com forward slash good bad geeky again that's www.audibletrial.com forward slash good bad geeky for your free audiobook sam you're on with nick Thanks so much. You're welcome. Thanks, Amanda. Sam, thank you very much for taking the time out of your uh, busy schedule to do this, man. We greatly appreciate it. And uh, I have, Absolutely. yeah, we have so much I want to talk to you about because, uh, I mean, first off, we're from Columbus, Ohio, and uh, I, you went to Otterbein, which is Westerville area, and, but you are from Ohio yeah. overall. So that's. Yeah. yeah uh, in fact, we, we shot a, a large chunk of Take Me Home in Ohio, uh, which is awesome. We, uh, you know, a, a great. Uh, number of the scenes I realized could be shot in, you know, you know, in Columbus and it could look like the Midwest. And we, <laughs> exactly. When we, when we scouted the country, we, we realized that Ohio through half of Kansas can pretty much look like Columbus. So, uh, <laughs> That's... so we, we, uh, we got my, uh, alma mater Otterbein to put up my eight person crew and, you know, we oh, shot wow. around there for about seven, seven days. So, yeah. So Otterbein um, supplied the crew. Well, I, yeah, Otterbein housed the crew. They put them up on the, their their like uh, apartments on campus, nice. and uh, and so yeah, it was the way we one of the many ways we we cut corners on on financing and so forth. Uh, but uh, but yeah, man, it's it's a thrill to talk to a, uh, uh, another uh, Columbus native. We uh, my wife is from there. The star of the the movie yeah, and she we, plays uh, Claire. Yeah, yeah. I was actually I was reminded of Columbus this morning because we uh this is so strange. Uh like a mile down from where we live in Pasadena there's this uh there's this co op and they just started I'm not kidding you, they just started serving Jenny's ice cream. Oh my God. Yeah. Isn't that wild? That's that's crazy. I was like I saw it in the store and I just about crapped myself. <laughs> uh this sounds very really weird, but like uh, uh, us us people from the Midwest, you or, or Mid East, am I saying that right? Yeah, I get confused all the time. But uh, t- do you remember Tasty Cakes? It was like uh, the East Coast versions of of like freaking Hostess cupcakes. Do you guys have that out there? Tasty cakes. Tasty cakes. Yeah. No, no, I don't know of it. Oh, I, I just remember, like, I, I started seeing it, like, it, there's hostess, that's everywhere, but, like, on the East Coast, there's, like, especially Ohio, Pennsylvania, uh, Virginia area, there's, like, one of those weird little things, like, you know, oh, it's really big here, but it's almost like In-N-Out Burgers, you know, partial to, to the uh, West Coast, the East Coast has, and granted, it's not burgers, but 
No, but yeah, it's always weird to see stuff like that where it's uh, distributed in the country and it's it's always really yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, completely. Yeah, uh, and the thing is, I, 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 you're one of those individuals too that I, I didn't really, I, I've seen you before and other stuff, not before Take Me Home, of course, uh, or no, I, man, I have seen you before, before Take Me Home because I'm a big fan of Eli Stone and Parenthood. Oh, cool. Yeah, and I've oh, interviewed great. Mark before, uh, Mark Guggenheim. He's a wonderful individual and, uh, yeah, he is. And I also saw oh, so, you. So, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, Mark. Mark's, Mark's deep into the comic book world, so that's yeah. That's, well, why, that's why we get along so well. I was a comic book, book nerd growing up. What's your favorite superhero? Well, you know, I guess growing up was you got to go with Batman or Wolverine. I, oh, I, yeah. Uh, yeah. You? Oh, man, mine. Mine is uh. Well, mine's now. It's it's Spider Man for them. I mean, yeah, because I I still pick up some Spider Man issues. But uh, when I was growing up, it was uh the not the pizza eating you know cowabunga, but the the badass Ninja Turtles, uh, Spider Man oh, yeah. and Wolverine. I loved Wolverine yeah. in the nineties. Yeah, he was awesome. Totally. Uh, when did yeah, when, when were you reading comic books? Was that eighties, late eighties, or early nineties, or? It was eighties into into nineties. You know, I, I got uh I got out of it when it uh it got too expensive for me. So that well, would be yeah. yeah. And there's better ways to spend your money on, you know. <laughs> A little yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Well, yeah, because that was one of those things. The same thing happened with me too. Like uh, it was right around when Image hit. Image Comics hit Spawn and the Max and all that, and they were good. Yeah, but yeah. I just had that's to. When the, that's when the art got amazing, but the storylines got terrible. Right, yeah, because especially Amazing Spider-Man, they had the Clone Saga, and they it, crap. So, but I yeah. I, I digress. Yeah. But no, I, I thought that was really cool because I've seen you in uh and and take or not take me home. I have seen you take me home, but I mean uh, what's the movie you do with Kevin Smith? Uh, Catch and Release. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And then uh, and of course, a movie you only get see someone for maybe two hours. And even though I enjoyed the film immensely, I, I loved it. I bought it on DVD and all that stuff. I didn't really start no- realizing who you were until Eli Stone, and uh, yeah. and then Parenthood, and then of course I, I saw on Twitter one day randomly. I was like. Well, Sam's been working on this film for years called Take Me Home, and it's premiering in Columbus, and I checked it out at the Arena Grand, and, uh, man, I got to tell you, dude, I loved the movie. I absolutely loved it. Oh, thanks. And, oh, that's great to hear. Thank you. No, uh, not a problem, because I, I really, um, I'm not to, I'm going to compare you to, a little bit to Zach Braff's Garden State in terms of you guys, I think, in different ways tackle similar themes about feeling lost and trying to find yourself, trying to find where right. home is. And the only thing is, is right. that, uh, and listen, uh, I'm, I'm, I cuss like a sailor. I say fuck all the time, but, uh, I guess you t- you did it in a very mature, I'm not saying that Zach didn't do it that way either, but you got, there was barely any cussing in the movie, but it felt very realistic, a little bit more, even more so than Garden State, I guess. And yeah. I, I appreciated the film way more for that too. And for all the little things you did, like you would stay on a, uh, when, uh, I, I call him Dan because uh, it's. I think it's sort of a spoiler point, uh, but Dan, because he's oh. hiding something, is driving and leaves Claire at. I think it was the Raisin Rack. I think right. And yeah, he's yeah. and he's which is which is here is I think it's uh, near campus and honor uh, and Otterbein, but in Westerville. But he dr- leaves her there and is driving off. And uh, you sort of keep, and he's, you're so happy with yourself. And it's like, it's wonderful acting, but it's also wonderful directing because you just leave the shot there. And usually a film like an indie film even would cut away 
but you let it just linger there, man. And it, it, it really hits you, I think, at least for me, it hit you at home. It's like this guy's a very normal human being, you know, because that, that's something that would happen. Because in a film, you cut around the smaller moments sometimes. And if you can capture right. that, even better. And uh, Yeah. Yeah, so I, I well, just... You know, I, I realized that, uh, you know, I guess, thank you for all those those great things. I guess I realized that, uh, you know, early on that I wanted to make an, an independent film that kind of had that didn't that didn't feel like an indie an independent film or a or a, a mainstream film and that you know if it was going to be a romantic comedy it would be one that that didn't disclude the guys um right. and also that didn't uh, pander to the the you know completely overblown sappy romance and right. and the, the other you know the other the other part of that was you know trying to to be as uh, authentic with the, the the kind of the big turning points of of the film for the characters. Um, you know, it's another thing I think they they kind of gloss over in 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 the big movies. Sure. Uh, but, you know. So so thank you for all those. No, uh, well, wonderful I things. I I was just surprised because I, I mean I'm a big fan of independent films, but you know sometimes independent films they don't. There's, they're, you know, they're they're good, but they, but I mean, I walked out completely. Matter of fact, I was upset that it wasn't because I saw it the last night. It was in an arena, and I was upset that I couldn't go back and see it again. Uh, oh, cool, man! No, yeah, and and my date, I took a date, and she loved it too. Because yeah, that was the thing. It was, it didn't feel like romantic comedy, but it did. But it also felt like you know, a just general come. Even though uh, you know, Dan and Claire are are, are not in their uh, in their twenties, but you know, it it felt like a very coming of age you know story about finding yourself and i i really just appreciate that because i think as you were saying it's something there's always something that the mainstream movies miss and uh yeah. i think you nailed it and also i used to live in cincinnati and i would drive back and forth from columbus to to cincy and i would always you know when you're driving you see nothing but cornfields and and just the sights and it really made me yeah. feel something that movie buddy road movies even they miss out on completely you know. Oh, cool! Well, yeah. you know, it's, it, it may have it may have hit you on a deeper note because we actually shot two scenes. Uh, one at that Prime Outlet Mall. Uh, that's Jefferson the one Mall. From, you know, going. Yeah, the one heading from Cincy to Columbus. Yeah. And then the and then the rest stop where they stop at with the, the farmhouse in the background is actually just a few miles further north from the that that huge outlet mall. So that's so sweet, man. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. How how long yeah. have you been working on this movie? Because I know, because I, I remember seeing this back when Eli Stone was still being tinkered on a little bit for season two. You were, I, I saw yeah. a word about it back then. So how long have you been really working on it? Well, you know, it I I, I started writing it about eight years ago, and uh, you know, it took a, about three three or three years to get it, it to the point where I was happy with it, and another year and a half, you know, financing every summer, you know, like for two summers in a row fell fell apart. You know, oh, and uh, and then we finally, I finally just found this great team that said, you know, whatever budget we got, let's just hit the road with that. And and it was actually we shot it over the course of two summers, and and then wow. you know we sh- we I was doing the last season of of Eli Stone, I think, and uh, we we shot uh, shot in the summer before that, and then we shot the following summer. So this is you know, I guess four years ago oh um, man yeah four years ago and then three years ago and then 
you know, it, the movie took so long to make that one of the last principal photography shoots we did was in Los Angeles here. And uh, it's the this, this scene where they get to, um, to Claire's mother's house in Vegas. And oh, that okay. night was when I realized that my, my wife, we, we realized that she was pregnant. Oh, wow. And, yeah, yeah. And then we, we it wasn't, uh, it wasn't until the, the actual, the very last thing we shot was um, the, the, the photo book. That, yes. uh, oh, that I won't give it away, but the, the, the photo book that starts the movie, um, those, those hands are my pregnant wife's hands. Oh, <laughs> she, wow. she had actually, she had actually just given birth three days prior. Oh my and, god, that's awesome! Yeah, and we, so we stuffed her into the the, the, <laughs> the sweater that she had worn and oh, had her fat fingers slip the pages. Yeah, oh. so it, it's uh, it's fun because it has so many, uh, you know, it, it's. Um, if anything, it's going to be a fun thing to look on for the rest of our years. Well, it has a lot of real moments between you and your wife in it, and that are like, you know, uh, time capsules almost in a way of what's going on, you know, personally, as well as besides the film, which is sort of, that's just really, that's really cool. How, how old is your, how old is your kid? If you don't mind me asking. He's now, uh, he's now two. He's now too. Well, congratulations, by the way. Well, my friend, uh, co-host John, um, he usually can't get to do interviews, uh, but he just had. He, she, I think she just turned five months, and they're today celebrating uh, the time we're recording this, uh, celebrating their, their three-year anniversary. So, you no, know, so yeah, oh, that's cool. yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's really neat. Uh, but no, I just find yeah, I just really enjoyed the movie. Uh, what was? Uh, let me I guess. Ask about the script writing process for you. Um, yeah. When you were starting it, did you workshop at any like uh, go in coffee shops or anything, or did, was it just you and your wife? Was your you know was Amber helping you uh, with the script, or I mean, how did that work for you? You know, Amber Amber helped me out with anything that felt uh, inauthentic in the in the dialogue. You know, she was you know she's pretty focused on you know figuring out what's honest about the characters and and. She helped with some of the dialogue, but the the great bulk of it was written in coffee shops and you know and libraries. I finally got to the point where you know to really uh, you know change my my way of thinking about it. Um, you know, as an actor, you have all this kind of strange downtime where you're building up for auditions and then going and doing shows, and then you have all this strange time off that uh, I needed to to communicate to myself that I was working, even though I was heading to a coffee shop or a, uh, a library. And so I would put on a suit to go, to go write. Um, wow. That's... And that, you know, that was my way of, of telling myself that this was my, my new occupation. That's, that's, uh, that's pretty classy, man. I, I Sam Raimi, uh, who directed, you know, uh, Evil Dead and the Spider-Man movies and oh, everything. Yeah. He wears a, a even though I you know you can wear whatever you want. I'm figuring when you're directing movies, movie, being he considers this a serious job, he comes you know supposedly in you know suit and tie every day, even when yeah. production meetings because he to him he wants to say hey I'm treating this seriously let's all but have fun with it and yeah that's pretty that's pretty epic man. So on your days off or whatever you would go to coffee shop but you go in with a suit and tie that's that's sort of bad that's commitment right there man that's badass. Thanks, man. Yeah, you know it's uh, it's it's something I you know I even now I still I, I'm I'm going to uh to to head out to do some writing today and I'm 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 
decked out. It may be too hot in Los Angeles, but I'm going to try and find some good air conditioning. Hell yeah. <laughs> Best thing. Ever. Well, that's the thing. We don't get bad. We don't get the super big heat until like usually, well, especially right now with the weather being all wackadoo, we probably don't get till around August or so, but yeah, isn't that crazy? I, I know. Like, uh, like I remember two weeks ago, uh, three weeks ago, it went up to 70 and 80 degrees in Ohio. It's just, I heard that. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. That's How, nuts. Do you, go, do you get to go back to Ohio often uh, to visit family or anything oh, like yeah. that? Yeah, we're back every about two and a half months. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, my, um, my uh, mother-in-law is, is there, and my brother, uh, my brother's a cop in Columbus, and uh very cool so yeah 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 well do you um, ever uh what was, it, what was i'm trying to think of uh did you ever uh i completely that's one of those horrible things i had a question and it gone uh it was something about oh, columbus yeah. and you can visit in columbus but I'll, I'll get back to it i'm sure at some point but uh right. no yeah uh Man, so so this new script I guess you're working on, uh, can you is it something that you're going to produce and direct yourself again independently, or is it something you're, or can you talk about yeah, it? Yeah, you even? know, I I think so. Um, cool. Yeah, you know, it's uh, you know it's kind of been an interesting time period because I spent last year doing the festival circuit with Take Me Home and and uh, um, you know I'd I'd like to make a movie uh, that. Um, that's independent, but I'd, I'd also like to make sure it doesn't take as long or as, as much toil as, as Take Me Home was. So, mm-hmm. but this one's a, this actually is a, 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 a horror movie or a, I guess you'd call it a thriller that's actually set in rural Ohio. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah. What, what was the yeah. choice to go to with horror? I mean, are you a fan of horror films, and what type of horror films are you a fan of, and how is that being applied to your new new project? Well, you know, I, I, I've, I've always been a fan of, you know, I, I'm just a film nerd. I don't give a crap what the genre is. I, I love them all, and, you know, growing up in Toledo, uh, you know, when everybody else was out drinking in high school, my, my buddies and I were were directing movies and writing movies and taking ourselves way too seriously for, you know, a couple of kids making feature length movies on VHS tape. Sure. So, uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, but, you know, we, we, um, I just loved, you know, I always had a buddy who worked at the cinemas, so I'd go and, and we, you know, root for the horror films and, you know, uh, spend Saturday afternoons watching three or four movies. Um, and I think what's great about the horror genre is, um, is that it, it's, there's a reason it's, it's global, you know, mm-hmm. people want, you know, people have a yearning for something beyond themselves, whether it's good or bad. Um, but you know, a horror film is a very simple way to, to tell a, a, a morality tale, you know, that there are people who are, you know, who are, um, you know, kind of heading off the deep end and there are consequences to that. But, um, definitely. Yeah. Do you know, my, I, I, I would, I would say my, you know, I just, because it's fresh in my mind, I, I read a, an amazing article on Kubrick, uh, an actual huge interview on Kubrick about The Shining. And, oh, uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, and that's been uh, that's been a pretty great guideline to have, and uh, 
I think hopefully if I, um, you know, if I do this script some justice, um, you know, I'll, I'll be able to steal as much from his advice as possible. Well, well, I, I just absolutely, I, I, I think, I think you'll probably be fine because if take me home's any indication, I, I think you're on a good path. And, uh, yeah, well, it, being a film nerd, what, I mean, every Kubrick, obviously, but, uh, what are, what, what is, or is maybe not, what is your favorite, who is your favorite film director? Uh, I mean, being a film nerd, you, you like them all, but like, are you partial more to maybe Spielberg or Scorsese? Is it Kubrick? Uh, and what is your favorite film that you look to as like this movie has everything? Yeah, you know, I uh, uh, they're, they're both one and the same. My favorite director and I think his best movie are Hitchcock and Vertigo. Oh, and yeah, I, what I yeah, what I love about it is in, in studying it, you know, I realize I, I, I kind of like a, a slower, you know, I'm, I'm all for an action movie, but I kind of like a movie that that's comfortable pacing itself and going in really twisted directions and um and that said i think vertigo is uh just uh you can study it forever because there's every single scene and every single line has purpose to it and um i think there's a reason that it holds up after all these years and um and certainly i think you know hitchcock was just so inventive and specific in his choices. So it's it's a pretty it's a pretty great wizard to uh, to study. Definitely, I I mean, I, well, I remember the the film that when I was younger, because I uh, you know when I was growing up, AMC and uh, not AMC, but uh, Turner Classic Movies was just starting to come out, and so they would show all these old old films, like you know, and especially all the old Hitchcock films. The the big ones yeah. like Vertigo, they wouldn't show that much. They would save that in Rear Window. And Psycho for uh, right. rare occasions, but um, they would always show North by Northwest and The Birds. Oh yeah, and The Birds. It, it's a wonderful film. I could never really get into it as much, but I love North by Northwest because I think. I mean, looking back, I think that was his attempt to make a what is now somewhat close to a, a, a typical thriller action film in its Absolutely. earlier sense. And uh, but it's done by Hitchcock. It's his version of it, and it's fantastic. And that was like a gateway drug into. Rear Window and Vertigo, and uh, and I think it was it uh, Cary Grant to Catch a Thief. I think it was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was a a, a little bit of a more of a different film too. That was his version, uh, a weird version of doing a romantic comedy in some not comedy, but in, in a way a romantic kind of film. Which oh yeah, which you know, and, and when you think of Hitchcock though, you think hello, I'm Alfred Hitchcock, and welcome to Alfred Hitchcock presents, and you know they do the theme where he walks into a shadow, and yeah. That's yeah. what, yeah, because Nick at Night would show that stuff all the time, and you're like, oh, hey, Alfred Hitchcock, he's a he does creepy stuff, and then Birds and Psycho, but then you watch, you know, To Catch a Thief or North by Northwest, and they're just uh, amazing films, and uh, yeah, I love Hitchcock. Uh, is there uh, any uh, any write, screenwriters out there that you particularly like? Because I know sometimes you can lose something in the translation from script to screen. Is there any scripts or screenwriters that you've read that you're like, man, it's the same thing like Hitchcock? It's like, damn, like that's, you know. Well, you know, I, hmm. you know, I actually, uh, as far as screenwriters go, I mean, uh, I, I think I think it's the best script uh, ever written is, is Chinatown. Um, uh -huh. But it's, I think it's also interesting that uh, 
for being the best script ever written. It, it's one of the best movies ever made because the, they didn't follow the script at the very uh, the, you know the final scene. So I don't know if you. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, one of the big stories about, and this is just what's so fascinating about Hollywood, and I think the the really bizarre world of collaboration is that Robert Town wrote Chinatown. It was considered the best script in Hollywood at the time. They put it together. They got Nicholson, and they got to the final scene, and Roman Polanski was arguing with Robert Town about the fact that he felt like Faye Dunaway needed to die at the end. And Robert Town had, he wanted nothing to do with it. And he walked off the set and kind of disowned the movie because Polanski was going to go ahead and make this movie with this woman dying at the end. And he, you know, wanted nothing to do with it. And then the movie came out. It was a huge success. And he won Best Screenplay for for a movie that he had kind of disowned. And and it's just one of those bizarre tales of, you know, who's to say who has the best idea. Um, But, yeah, certainly I I love his work. And, you know, but for for a read itself and for as – as inventive a, a writer as you can get, I don't think you can beat Charlie Austin. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh man, I, I, adaptation was. I remember being John Malkovich came out, and that movie was just so bizarre, and I just didn't. Um, and I loved it, but I, I was just like, well, where did this guy get? I mean, what? Where did this come from? Like, I've never seen yeah. anything like it. And then, yeah, I, yeah and I, what was no? Uh, I think adaptation. No, no. I think uh, being human or something like that came out next. Or, but then after that, it was adaptation, and uh, I I saw that, and I was like, oh my god, this is. I mean, who casts himself in a movie, and then, and in a way, it is an actual adaptation of the Orchid Thief, <laughs> which yeah, which is just so bizarrely fascinating, and I I don't. Really? Right, and then what was the what was the other movie he made with Jim Carrey that was really just fantastic? Uh, Internal Sunshine of the Spotless oh, Mind. Eternal, Eternal Sunshine, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, now I've not seen. Uh, was it Skentity New York? Have you seen that one yet? Yeah, no, I haven't seen that either. Yeah, I haven't seen that either, and I've heard it's really good. But I and I think he's actually directing his own film uh, or has been working on it. I think it's as an indie for the past few years. I, I don't know much about oh, it beyond yeah. that. Yeah, but and I would like to see because sometimes yeah. he goes. You know, uh, all screeners do, I think, at some point. It's like, well, I had to sacrifice something or I wasn't really... But, you know, I really still love the film anyway, and, you know, typical stuff. Yeah. But, I, I, yeah, it was just really fascinating. Um, uh, yeah. Now, something else, I, because I, I am a, a, a big fan of, of Kevin Smith, uh, on Catch and Release, uh, can you talk maybe a little, just a little bit about the making of that, or, or do, you, do you remember anything, uh, you know, funny or, or not funny about working on that film? Sure. You said you're a big fan of whom? Kevin. Well, I, I'm a big fan of everyone in the movie, actually. Uh, but Kevin Smith, especially, uh, was sort of my, and especially yeah. in the late 90s, was my, I mean, he's the driving force. Spielberg got me started and then so on. But Kevin Smith, I was like, well, if he can do it, anyone can. And and so then, yeah, I, oh. I love Kevin Smith. Yeah, he's, a, he's, he's just uh, a singular person, isn't he? <laughs> yes, so, he is. <laughs> have, you, have you done an, an evening with Kevin Smith yet? 
Oh, I uh, n- not. Oh, you mean like the the, the movie? No, everyone, he does tours, like college tours, where he just talks for four hours. I've I've not and, actually uh, sat in on an actual live event. I've I've I have like all four of the movies. Uh, was it Evening with Kevin Smith, yeah. Evening Harder, and then yeah. was it Evening Three, and then was it Too Fat for Forty? Yeah, I have I, I have all right, those. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's great. You know, he's he's uh, uh, that was a pretty cool collaboration because Susanna Grant, who wrote Catch and Release, had written Aaron Brockovich, and she's considered one of the, the best um, you know screenwriters in, in Hollywood. And so for her to give permission for Kevin to say, you know, whatever he wanted to say on certain takes, uh, was pretty, pretty awesome. Cause, you know, she just trusted that she had found the right guy for the job and that, you know, he was going to be true to, you know, himself. And, and that was the person that she had cast. Um, but it was great, man. We, we shot up in Vancouver and we shot in Boulder and, um, and, uh, you know, just one of those uh, wonderful jobs that you get to do every once in a while. That uh, um, is great people combined with you know shooting in you know amazing spaces. So well, uh, my limit to to your career, and I do apologize, sort of fall short at that movie. So, was there anything before, that you did before that in terms of? Because I think, because Eli Stone, I think, came a year or two after that. Yeah. What, what would... Yeah, what, no, I was in, you know, I guess I guess my bread and butter was uh, TV, you know, being the guy that you think is going to be the guy that killed somebody, but it's actually <laughs> just an imbecile, you know, on, the, on all the... I, I made a living being being the asshole on, you know... CSI. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, Law and Order. And, oh, uh, man. yeah, aside for some, some earlier movies, I was... You know, I have a small role in Behind Enemy Lines. Don't have to forgive me. I'm waiting for the train. Oh, here. you're fine. Uh, I, yeah. Do you need a Do you need to go soon or? No. Oh, okay. No, no I, I don't um, want to take any more time than because if you miss a train and it'd be my fault, I feel like a complete douchebag. No, you know, no, Sam's no, a nice no, guy, but I made him miss a train. <laughs> no, don't worry about it. Uh, uh, yeah, but uh, you know that was uh, um, yeah, that was just a. Uh, a cool experience, but yeah, early on, early on was uh, I did a movie called Hearts War, and then I also did a movie at, uh, yeah. about six Bruce years Willis. or seven years back called Lucky Number Eleven. Lucky Number, what? Oh, I remember, but I don't remember that. Was that? What? Yeah, yeah, I was the guy who kind of the the plot hinges on uh, Nick Fisher, the guy who gets his neck snapped at the beginning of the movie. Oh, okay. And, yeah, yeah. So that was a, a, a very funny uh, story. I I I went. I flew to Montreal. It was negative twelve when I was there to um you know to get my neck broken by Bruce Willis. And then because of scheduling, they had to fly me back uh, two two separate weekends to lay on the floor and play dead. Uh, so I flew I flew across you know the country uh, I guess four times to just lay. In, in dead man makeup. That's that's hilarious. Because, what was it? I think. Uh, do you ever watch the Kevin Pollock chat show uh, with the comedian Kevin Pollock? 
Oh yeah, no, I haven't seen it. Uh, I know what you're talking about. He he interviews. Uh, it's it's almost like a much cooler version of the the Charlie Rose show. And nothing, no disrespect to Mr. Charlie Rose. Uh, he does do good yeah. interviews, but sometimes it's almost a little bit too stuffy kind of thing. But, yeah. And Kevin, you know, yeah. it's a lot more laid back. And uh, I forget who he was talking to. I think it was maybe Stephen Tobolowski. And uh, he noted that uh, he always was telling his parents, you know, listen, I'm, I'm flying out. I, I, you know, I'm still doing odd jobs, but I, I got this part in this movie and they want me to fly in. And he was so he's like, well, I want to be an actor and be outraged because that's how I feel I should be because I they flew me out here and they're making me do this and that. But uh, I'm not doing anything. I'm singing my trailer because I got killed already and I'm, uh, something like that. And then at the end of it, it was uh, they said, well, no, we're paying you to be here. So don't be outraged. Enjoy getting paid to do nothing for a few days, and then we'll we'll call you back on set. And so I mean that had to be pretty cool. You got flew out there for a few weeks and just laid there. Just, sure. Yeah. I mean, did you ever fall asleep yeah. on the on the ground when you were doing that? Uh, no, I think it was too uncomfortable. Oh, it's actually, that didn't take too long. I I spent most of my time just sitting in a hotel. And then, you know, laying on the floor with 10 minutes. So Isn't that the, the the weirdest part about doing such a big, big production of, or in anything, even TV or film? Well, TV, I think, is a little bit more faster paced because I think you do like, what, uh, seven to 10 pages a day while normal film, it's not that way. Right. Um, right. You, yeah. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Yeah. With, with Parenthood, it's, we've, we've been really blessed. Parenthood, uh, we shoot with three cameras and it, it moves faster than any show I've, I've been on. Um, uh, it's really, you know, for my money, the, the best way to make <laughs> make television happen. Well, I, so. I, I love Parenthood because you, I think it's the same thing I was saying before, which is I think you sort of didn't take me home, which is you, you they let the camera sort of uh, stay on characters a bit. And I didn't know they, they did three cameras at once. And it makes more sense yeah. because uh, when you get into a conversation or, or even an argument, because like families do, they argue, which happens a lot in Parenthood. Uh is yeah. yeah, which is all the characters are talking at once, and they're really, and you're just going, how in the hell did they fucking sync this shit up? Because it's awesome. It, it's a real conversation, a real argument happening, but it totally feels like this would be a nightmare to edit. How are they? Oh yeah, yeah, and that well, that makes more sense though. They have three cameras rolling, um, especially in a digital yeah. age. That makes a little bit okay. Let's see, that makes way more sense now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they're able to cut those scenes together so much easier. I'm sure it's still a major headache because you have three times as much footage. But um, you know, we 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 loosely rehearse, and then we we get into the scenes. And um, there's such a the creator of our show, uh, who also did Friday Night Lights, um, yes. uh, Jason Kadams. You know, just cultivates this. Um, this really empowering atmosphere where each department feels like they can do the best possible job with the least amount of restraints. And that's just a, that's a great place to go into work. Yeah. Well, especially, you know, uh, one of the things I really enjoy about parenthood is that it, it, it sort of embraces, you know, again, not only does it have real conversations, I think, um, or they don't, or they make them feel very real by, cause again, three cameras rolling, they capture everything. But some of the storylines themselves, uh, you know, and you can tell there's a real sense of camaraderie between between everyone, the cast and crew. Uh, what would you say has been, especially Joel for season two, um, you know, with with the with the baby and the adoption process and everything? I mean, um, right. your your character in the first season was really more, uh, and I again, 
I still love the show, but he was just sort of there in in a bit, and I I don't hope I didn't mean less than that because again he was he was almost he's a rock for uh, oh my god I, uh, I forget her her name uh, Eric Christensen's oh, yeah. character for, yeah yeah for Julia for Julia he, yeah you know it was I I had a really interesting you know uh, a conversation after season one with Jason uh, the creator um, mm-hmm. and I just said you know I I, I you know I'm, I'm not sure what. Joel's purpose is, you know, I, I, I just recently been interviewed by somebody at the, you know, for the San Francisco Chronicle who said, you know, is Joel going to just go on a, on a killing spree in season two? He just seems so perfect. And, uh, and I, I had to, you know, I had to admit it, it was a viable option at that point. We, really we really hadn't seen Joel do anything wrong. And, um, you know, to see him struggle, you know, with, uh, in season two with, you know, trying to have a baby and, you know, also with his wife, um, you know, trying to, uh, um, trying to, uh, you know, to make, make the baby known before he was comfortable with it. It was, it was a good chance to, to see the, uh, the gloves come off Joel, you know, for, for, for a change. And, uh, but he's still he's still a really solid guy. It's been it's been funny because it's um he's a lot closer to who I who I am in real life than uh than Matt Dowd was when Eli Stone. But uh, uh yeah. you know, I think Matt Dowd was uh was pretty liberating for that same reason is that I could kind of enjoy being a, a total jerk. Um so um but you know, we'll see we'll see what happens with this this new season. It's um it's exciting. We've got you know, an interesting storyline having adopted um, a, a nine-year-old Hispanic boy. That, oh, wow. That really make, yeah, that's the very last image of the <laughs> third season here. So the fourth the fourth is really, uh, you know, kind of uh, going to be fascinating, I think, to see what happens with that family dynamic. Yeah, and, and I, I usually am pretty up to date on this, um, but uh, is Parenthood officially picked up for the next season? No, not officially. Not officially. We, we, okay. We'll be finding out. Yeah, we'll be finding out within the next month or so. But yeah. we, all indications are we. I'll, I'll still have a job. That's that's awesome so. because I well, Parenthood was one of those shows where I remember. Um, you know, you guys got the show in general. I mean, got a lot of flack because it was, uh, it was it ten, 12, almost twenty years later. It's a remake of a film, Steve Martin, and. You know, how's it going to go? And I remember watching it and I was just going like, I just cannot stop watching this show. It's just absolutely fascinating to me. It's it's wonderful it, in a good way. It's a fascinating in a good way. And I can't stop watching. It. And I love all the characters. And uh, right. And now, you know, in season and I've done nothing but but talk of the show. It, it, it's almost I'm, I'm so happy, though, that it keeps it keeps going along, though, because Eli Stone was the same thing as like. Why is no what, what, people watching the show? And luckily, Parenthood people are watching the show. But Eli Stone, oh man, I just that broke my heart on so many. Ways. Oh, I know, I know. Well, and, and that know, was the good thing. You'll be you'll be happy to hear that Johnny Lee Miller's playing uh, Sherlock Holmes you know, for a CBS series coming up soon. So is he really? So Eli, yeah, awesome. And he's, he's also in that new um, uh, Dark Shadows movie. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's one of the best actors I've ever worked with, and he's just. Just so engaging, you know, to, to watch on screen. I think one of the things that I really I liked about you, guys is because uh, I I don't know about you. Are you are you? I mean, you're an actor. You you when you go to uh, when you're in Otterbein and even high school plays or musicals. But are you big into musical theater? Any? 
you know, yeah, I did do some, yeah, quite a bit, in, at least in high school. Uh, well, I mean, that was a great thing about Eli Stone is that it sort of, it, it in light, but it also it took it in a serious direction. It, it was almost like a musical TV show. Um, yeah. Yeah, and uh, in the second season, it was cool because besides the awesome finale to season one, you got a few more singing parts or uh, a few more dream sequences of singing, which was which was really cool. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was not uh, part of the original audition. That's for sure. <laughs> we we didn't know it was going to be as musical as it became, um, and it might have been a little bit for its time because you know Glee, now yeah. Glee is one of the best. Yeah, coincidentally, the, our our choreographer is. The same one on Glee now, so. Really? That's, um, that's bizarre. Yeah, isn't that funny? Yeah, well, yeah, that's uh, one of the cool uh, things is everyone's interconnected some way, somehow. So that's, that's yeah, that's amazing, man. Because I, yeah. Well, did Mark ever tell you, or Mark and uh, uh, Greg Berlanti, when the show did get it, uh, did get it, it its end, so to speak, did, did they ever tell you what the initial plan for your characters were? Or... Well, you know, I think I think they had some initial plans for my my character, but I, that, you know, the, the sign of a good writer is you you write to a character, an actor's strength, and mm-hmm. they, you know, throughout the two seasons that we did, Eli Stone, I think they they combined what I had brought to Matt out, and you know, uh, let let that influence the writing and, and vice versa. So. Um, you know, they, they. I think he was. He was a much greater part of the storyline, after all, than uh, than was originally anticipated. I think he was just written in to be the the, the flipping asshole on the show, and uh, <laughs> you know, to give him that much more dimension was a, 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 a true joy for me. Right. Well, and to get comic book analogy nerdy here, it, it's almost in a way he was uh, the divergent path against Eli. He was an antagonist against Eli, almost how Eddie Brock was as Venom towards Spider Man. You know, which is right. nature versus nurture. But at some point, though, almost like Venom, Eddie, start, or in your case, Dowd, started seeing, well, you know what? Maybe this Eli, Eli Stone guy has the right mindset. Maybe we, because yeah, your character really softened, especially in season, end of season one, se- beginning of season two, really, you know, which was, which was awesome because yeah. nothing's better than, uh, uh, angry piss Matt, uh, Matt Dowd, but for the good reason, you know, instead of being the swarmy lawyer. Yeah. No, man. I, yeah. yeah. Because I I I yeah. love actors who can play sarcasm really well, and you're one of those guys. You can do both, but especially with Dowd, though, he could really be you know really be sarcastic, and I, I just I love that. That that's great. Well, oh, that's great. Thanks, buddy. No, uh, not a problem. Uh, well, one last thing before we go in terms of uh, 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 was there anything else uh, that you would like to plug on the show? Uh, you know, we hit take me home with takemehomemovie dot com, uh, Parenthood, uh, you know, Eli Stone. Uh, catch and release. Was there anything else that you'd like to maybe plug? No, I, that that's it. Awesome. Kenny's ice cream. Yeah. Hell. Hell yeah. That's that's good. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for taking time out of your schedule, man. And uh, uh, hopefully, we we, we you won't miss your train here. And uh, but thank you so much. And uh, I, I by the way, do you guys have a DVD release date yet for Take Me Home? Or Netflix? Uh, no, we don't. We don't. I, I, I think we're, we're, we're about to announce it pretty soon, though, here. So I think uh, we'll, we'll put it on Take Me Home as soon as it's ready. I think it should be coming out uh, this week. Uh, but I think the DVDs is, uh, I want to say, I want to say May 30th. May 30th? Oh, so. awesome. 
Well, uh, yeah. when that comes out, I will be plugging it all over Hell and Half Acre via Twitter and Facebook, anywhere I can, because, again, love the movie. Uh, thank you so much, Sam, for taking time out. You have a good rest of the day. Thanks, Nick. You too, man. It was a great interview. Thanks.